This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What's up, everyone? Good morning and welcome back to Shaw Locals Bears Insider Podcast. I am Kyle Neighbors, along with Sean Hammond, and uh, we're back after, uh, you know, uh, a nice week off, a, a good recharge week, Sean. Um, I know we both took some time off. I know we mentioned that uh, before we left that we were not going to be recording early this week like we typically do on Monday, man. Do you do you enjoy getting away for a little yeah, bit? Yeah, you know what? Hey, it's, it's nice to... Uh get out of town for a couple of days. And, and uh, as much as we love the NFL too, it's nice to, to not be uh, hanging on every one of uh, Schefter and Rappaport's tweets for a couple of days. Yeah. Um, it's uh, yeah. I love football season. And the second it's over, I'm going to be complaining that I want football back. Um, but it is nice to get away from the grind of, of the daily NFL media and football media in general for a little bit. So uh, it, it's a little weird this year um, because the bye week was so late. Um, it just, it, it feels odd. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, week 14, that's, that's as late as you can get. And uh, you know, you look at the schedule and, and w- w- when the schedule came out, you know, that's, that's like one of those things where it's like, it kind of sucks for the team. Like, uh, you know, that's a long stretch of games where they were going and um, you know, Certainly for us, that means a long stretch of weeks where we're working hard, but that's that's okay on this end. But uh, yeah, I mean, those players must have been feeling it after all that time. Yeah, definitely. Um, want to, of course, get into, uh, if you guys haven't seen yet, I'm sure most people by now that, that follow the Bears um, have seen um, the update on Hub. Uh, I, honestly, I don't even know where to start with this, Sean. Um, it's it's really come together so kind of quickly over the last week, um, and I'm sure, like us, everyone that's seen it has, um, you know, it, it's been a great lift. Uh, but Hub is doing incredibly well. Um, you know, I guess Sean, let's start with the fact, um, you know, it's was four months today yesterday that that Hub suffered the heart attack um, at Hallis Hall after after practice covering training camp and. Um, you know, from a personal standpoint, I think since this is our podcast and he's our colleague who we've done this with for several years, um, you know, it it was just great. When his name popped up on my cell phone last week for the first time since that occurred, um, it, it it was it was awesome. I mean, I, I I can't really describe the feeling. Yeah, it's it's 
been weird. I mean, Kyle, I love doing this with you, but you know, our, our three man, <laughs> our three man team turned into a two man team for the last four months on the, on the podcast. And, and, uh, that's been weird. Uh, yeah. So uh, we don't know when hub's going to be back on the show, but, uh, you know, it, it will be great when he does get back here and, and yeah, uh, you know, he was telling me that that part of the doctor's orders were to stay off the phone. Uh, so, you know, in a lot of ways he, he, you know, even though he was getting better, he was, he was staying away from, from talking on the phone and, and interacting, uh, through text and stuff like that. But yeah, you know, that first time that, uh, you see his name or you hear his voice on the other end of the line. That's that that's a pretty great feeling. And and I got to sit down with him for, for a little while at his house uh, earlier this week. And man, it was awesome. He's he seemed like his old self in, in many, many ways. Yeah, I'm going to drop that link in the chat actually right now um, to Sean's piece. And, you know, we uh, it, it took us a little bit when when we, you know, first talked to Hub and we started coordinating the plan for his eventual return as, as he talked about, or in Sean's piece, we talked about hoping for a full return sometime, you know, around the NFL combine into the draft somewhere, his memory is getting better every single day. But as we talked about personally, how we wanted, you know, it was great for us to be able to write the story and, and get it posted that he was coming back. Um, but it's so close to us and, you know, there's already other stories up from other outlets and, you know, read them all. Um, Hub, Hub certainly deserves uh, your attention. The, you know, the guy is a legend, uh, a legend in Chicago. But yeah, really the only way I could think about you writing that story and it, it turned out great was really from a personal angle because, uh, you know, I, I, I think the thing that really sets Hub apart from a lot of media, and I, you know, I never told him this until last week when I saw him, was the re part of the one of the biggest reasons he built such a huge following. And I, I think back, you know, I read PFW when I was young, and I told, like I said, I told him this uh, for the first time, really, was where I really became a fan of Hub was when I was in college, and I was driving back and forth all the time, and I would listen to, listen to Dan and Terry uh, on the score, and Hub would be on, you know, several times a week uh, answering their questions, and then doing a segment with fans. And, and what really stuck out with me was obviously Hub knows more about the Bears than than most human beings, um, but it was the fact that in a time where a lot of people in media was gravitating towards hot takes, mm -hmm. he really was giving you his honest opinion he wasn't saying stuff to try and grab headlines or grab attention and you know there's plenty of times i disagree with hub's opinion but i've always really really ex you know respected his opinion and the outpouring of support that you've seen i think is because of that that connection he made with people yeah you know hub really loves football and and hub will like you're saying, it's it's not about the hot takes with him. You know, he watches the tape and and he forms his opinions on on what he's seeing. He doesn't just watch the game on Sunday and then, uh, you know, come in on Monday morning with a hot take. He'll he'll rewatch it again and 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 you know he studies what the Bears are doing. He watches those games like several times throughout the week. And and you might disagree with with his take on this or that, but uh, you know that it's coming from an informed place. And and that's. That's what's really great about the work that Hub does. And, and I think that's what a lot of people have been missing these last few months. I mean, I mean uh, I've heard from from numerous people just in the past couple of days that, that said, you know, there's been a little something missing this year without Hub. And, and we certainly feel that. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sure it, it, it says a lot when when the general public feels that way, too. Yeah. Um, 
you know, uh, Mike, my good personal friend, Mike B that, you know, has been in the chat with us a lot this season. Um, I was thinking about it this morning and trying to figure out how, or what I wanted to say here. And, um, you know, I, I met hub probably about 2011, 2012, when I had started down working in Kankakee and, and started covering the bears some during training camp. And, and I got to know him a little bit more throughout those years. And then I joined Shaw media in early 2017, started working with them even closer and really over the last three or four years had become more and more involved in our bears coverage. And it had kind of become to the point where, you know, not just a colleague and a friend, but like at one point over in the spring, I think it was around draft time. I was sitting on my front steps and ended up hub and I were trying to coordinate some kind of coverage. I can't remember what it was, but we ended up down a rabbit hole, just talking football. And it wasn't about mm -hmm. the bears. It was like about something with like the Arizona Cardinals or the Los Angeles uh, Arizona Cardinals or the Chargers or someone, I can't even remember who it was, but like we were talking a little inside baseball and he was telling me about some, you know, something sources said to him about a situation and I got done and I texted Mike B and I was like, you know, I take it for granted the fact that I just am sitting on my front steps, having a conversation with one of the best minds um, over the last, you know, how many decades in covering NFL football. And, and that's, Part of why he's so great to listen to uh, on here and on the radio and on TV is like uh, it, it's interesting because, you know, in doing the story that I wrote, uh, it's weird to it's weird to one write a story about somebody that, you know, you work with closely. And, um, I, you know, in a lot of ways, I was I was I felt weird about that. But that's kind of why I wrote the story the way I did with the first person perspective. But, you know, I, I got to ask him some of these questions that I've never asked him. And he's like, you know, he told me during the course of that, like, you know, the radio and TV thing, that was all an accident. Like somebody somewhere decided, you know, somebody somewhere invited him on a show once and and they decided that he sounded good on radio. And you know what? You listen to, to he can talk about foot. He can talk, you know, about any team in football, any play. You know, he knows all of it. And, and he's really good at, at putting those thoughts into words. Uh, much better than I am at putting thoughts into words, but um, you know what? Um, we're all trying to work on it, right, Kyle? <laughs> yeah, that's that. Uh, um, yeah, I'm certainly a, a person that uh stumbles across. Uh, so, so time. in that regard, it's like uh, you know, that's kind of what we all aspire to. Yeah, uh, he uh, he's just fantastic. Um, and it's it, it's really great to have him back in the fold uh, like i said it's gonna be a ramp up process i, I know a couple of people already asked if we we're gonna get a surprise uh visit from hub today not today um he was down in chicago pfw uh filming yesterday um he will be with us soon i don't want to give a timetable um you know it's kind of up in the air we're kind of feeling everything out so far so um yeah, i i know a couple of people asked in here quickly um and then we'll start pivoting over talk about this this matchup uh um, asking about, you know, when did Hub, uh, has Hub been watching the Bears? He has. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I, I do know from talking to him uh, that he, I don't believe he did until he got home, which was obviously a, a long while if you've read the pieces. Um, but he is back into the, uh, the, uh, the football watching mode and, and, you know, getting caught up. So uh, well, I'm sure I haven't really had a chance yet to sit down. Uh, you know, it wasn't really the time to sit down and ask him what he thought of Justin Fields' progress, but that time is coming. Um, we know how maybe not ex excited is the right word. Hub certainly had a high opinion about the upside of Justin Fields um, and seeing it explode or Justin Fields potential really start to come to fruition over the 
the second half of this season in particular. Um, I can't wait to to really get into that with him and start breaking that down. Yeah, I, I would. You know, I'm I'm really excited to to hear what he has to say on on Justin Fields as well because uh, it, also you know nobody was harder on him than than Hub was last year. You know, Hub Hub when we uh, when you and I would get excited excited, Kyle uh, Hub would come in and say, "Well, hold your horses a little bit." Yeah, yeah, but he uh, he always uh, kind of keeps us in check. But uh, all right, guys, let's let's get into it because this is a a really intriguing game. Uh, this weekend and i'm going to start off with i'll throw it up here because you kind of have to it's become almost a mantra for the show here with mike b popping in at the beginning of every show with bet the over um because i'm actually concerned with bet the over this week sean because i really don't know how this is going to play out um i guess i'll preface this i expect the bears to lose this game either way but this could be a game that's surprisingly close or a complete blowout because you're talking about a Bears team that is obviously really limited with the skill set that it has. It's going against a, a very, very good uh, defense in Philly that can get to the pass rusher. But Justin Fields is doing things that it's keeping the Bears in games. So I, it's, it's, it's really intriguing to me. Um, I'm not sure how this is going to play out. And, and before I toss it over here, the other thing that I'm, I guess I'm interested in and if it doesn't go well, I don't think you should jump to conclusions about this. Um, but the, one of the big knocks during the Matt Nagy era was they really struggled coming out of the bye. Like everyone was like, "How do you, you know, how do you look like that when you had that much time to prepare?" Mm-hmm. I really want to see how Luke Getzey, with these two weeks off, what he's had in, or put in place to deal with this Eagles defense. Yeah, I think we got a, a sneak peek of that with the. You know what they were calling the mini buy after uh, after the Thursday game, and, and and I don't necessarily expect you know those those big time changes with the offense like they did then because clearly there was issue, bigger issues with the offense early in the season. Uh, but yeah, I mean they should have had some time to make adjustments and and to to change some things up and to really come up with a game plan. Uh, you know, without Darnell Mooney, I know it's been a couple of weeks since that injury and they've, they've been doing that, but you know, if you can really sit down and figure out, okay, you know, where are we going to, where are we going to distribute the football uh, without our top guy? Uh, Sometimes it takes an extra week to, uh, you know, an extra week of prep can make a huge difference uh, doing that. And you know what? I, I kind of do, I I don't know. I want to pick this game to be close. I I just feel like the bears have been in games. They've been able to stay in games. Uh, But yeah, I mean, this, this Eagles team is, is the bears have faced a lot of tough challenges this year, but this might be the toughest one. Uh, You know, these guys are good offensive and defensively. Um, You know, I have a hard time seeing the bears defense stopping the the Eagles like at all. I mean, I just don't see how they're going to do it. Yeah, they're they're not going to be able to do. I I don't see any way um, that they're they're going to be able. To, the the problem is, I I just think they're too multi dimensional. I mean, they don't run the ball a ton in a traditional sense. Like Miles Sanders has been getting it going a little bit more, but the way when you combine it with Jalen Hurts' explosive playmaking ability, um, the ground game is obviously good. So, but when you combine that with AJ Brown and Devonta Smith uh on the outside that's a tough combination for a, a good defense to stop as we've seen all season long a defense such as the bears which let's face it is near the bottom of the league i i, I don't see any way where the the eagles aren't 
you know, going for 28, 30 points, maybe even more than that. The Bears are going to have to score. Justin Fields is going to make plays in the game. Like, I I, I do think the Bears are going to put some points. Are they going to be able to do it consistently enough to keep the game close is a question. And and really, that comes down to me. Uh, Are they going to be able to protect Justin Fields? Yeah, it all comes down to the trenches, I think. Uh, you know, are they going to be able to that, – that Eagles defensive front, you know, they got some monsters down there. And you watch them play, it's like they're they're disrupting on every single play. Somebody's – you know, whether they're getting to the quarterback or not, they're, they're making it tough on the offense. And and that's going to be hard for, for this offensive line. And, and uh, you know, I know they've, they've mentioned that Alex Leatherwood's still going to rotate in there at right tackle with Riley Reef. Uh, that's going to be a challenge for him. And, and of course, for the rookie Braxton Jones on the other side at left tackle, uh, those are going to be issues. Those guys are going to be, uh, uh, you know, challenged by, by what the Eagles can bring up front. Um, I, I do think that the Bears have, you know, they've been able to score points against almost anybody over the last two months. Uh, so I, I do feel like I, I could see this kind of winding up more like that the game against the Cowboys where both teams scored 30 plus points. But, you know, the Bears you know, kind of fall off there in the second half or something like that. Uh, but it wouldn't surprise me. I, I am, am also of the opinion that, that you would bet the over on this one. I, I just think they're going to score a lot of points. Yeah, I, I guess I, I lean towards the over and thinking it's going to turn into a shootout. There's something in the back of my mind, though, that is concerned that, that um, the pass rush is going to be too much for this Bears offensive line, uh, that – you know, for all the progress we've seen from Justin Fields, um, you know, he still has taken a lot of sacks. And that is one area he's still improving on. And against most teams, I think he's improving at a quick enough rate that he's able to cover it up. This is a specific scenario where the pass rush is so good. I mean, I you wrote, I believe, in your story yesterday, is it like, is it four guys with at least eight sacks? I can't remember. I think what. it's six, uh, five guys with at least six sacks. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's just... Which is it, like... Look yeah, at, look at what the Bears got, and you're it, like, it, "Whoa!" It's it's not, yeah, yeah. It's it's not one or two guys uh, in this Eagles or Eagles defense that can get after the quarterback, and that's what's going to be a challenge for the Bears because it's it's not going to stop all day. Um, and I, the other thing, I guess, when I think about it in that context, uh, one slight concern I have for Matt Eberflus as a head coach, and when I say slight concern, I want to make sure I stress slight concern. It's very early in his coaching head coaching career. He's shown pretty much every ability to adapt so far. Yeah, no. He, well, he, I, I, hold on. Let's say I, okay. I, I, I want to finish that a little bit. I paused for a second there um, to gather my thoughts. I will say that I feel he's a bit too conservative still at times, and that could possibly be the fact that they are dealing with a uh, a team that is talent deficient. I, I don't know a better way to put it, but. In a game like this, if you settle for field goals, if you punt on fourth and short situations, you know, at midfield, slightly in plus territory, I don't really see the point of that. So, like, I, I, I guess what I would like to see in this game is some more aggressiveness from the coaching staff. Yeah, it's that it's that age old thing that, you know, happens when you're watching football, you know, in front of a TV or, or you know, up in the up in the stands or whatever. It's like okay, it's December, you got a losing record, you got a fourth and one, just go for it. Like, who cares? You know, you're, you're at that point. But I, I really don't think that that uh, Matt Eberflus thinks that way. And, and yeah, he has, uh, they have been conservative in times. And, and I think we were talking about this during our last show before the bye with, with some of the decisions that, that 
uh, Luke Getze and the offense made in, in some of those situations, uh, you know, that seemed really conservative. And, and you and I were, were debating that. Yeah. Is that coming from Getze or is that coming from the head coach? And, uh, you know, it's it's probably a little bit of both. But I, I think the head coach has a has a lot uh, of weight in those conversations. And ultimately, it's it's kind of up to him. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if, if you want to beat the Eagles, you got to score touchdowns. Uh, you know, I don't care how many field goals uh, Cairo Santos can can make. Uh, if you're not scoring touchdowns, you're not going to beat this team. Uh, and, yeah, I'd like to see some some aggressiveness uh, in those situations that, that maybe we weren't seeing against the Packers a couple of weeks ago. I uh, want to start getting into your questions. If there's already a bunch in there and then I threw the uh, the link in the chat as well. Um, if you guys have specific questions, do me a favor, throw them back in the chat. I, Gary, I see your question about Chase Claypool and what happens if he's out this week. We're going to get that to in just a second here. want to throw up good friend here. Um, and I, I, I'm scared to encourage him, but I, I, I will do it for a second here and because I do want to hit on it. Uh, our, our good friend uh, Don Burr under a new name here, uh, Detroit versus everybody. I'm cracking up. I'm sure I will get blocked. Salt in the preferred condiment. Don, I won't block you as long as you don't spam the chat, and particularly with all caps, man. Um, I, I don't mind if you're in here. Uh, I just – when I'm trying to go through questions and and keep track of stuff and that happens, that's why I, I end up blocking you. Um, but I will say this. You should feel much better um, over the last month about your Lions than I expected uh, – you to be failing right now. They've really come on uh, that Jamison Williams touchdown, Sean. Uh, I know uh, you probably were pretty disconnected on Sunday, but Jamison Williams had a, a touchdown early in that game. And my immediate thought was, oh man, like if Jamison Williams come back and start making an immediate impact with Amon Ross St. Brown and like, it's going to be sudden, a problem. Yeah. All of a sudden that, that, that Detroit offense is looking better. You like Jamal Williams. I love Deandre Swift, despite the fact that they don't seem to use him enough. Uh, um, but, uh, yeah, I still have questions what they're going to do at quarterback long-term, but the Detroit lions suddenly looking like they, they might be turning a corner where next year they might be a problem. Yeah, they got weapons. Uh, certainly, you know, if, if, uh, Williams is, is good to go and, you know, he can keep building on that. Uh, I know he's, you know, that's his debut. He's still a rookie and, and a young guy, but yeah, they're, they got the weapons to, to really, uh, uh, make something, make something happen here. Yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, one more thing on that before we we pivot over and get to these questions. Um, the other thing with that that's encouraging for Detroit is their run defense was horrific for the first half of the year, and it's quietly gotten a lot better. They have held Dalvin Cook to, I want to say, 23 yards on 15, 15 carries. I was looking at it this morning. Um, I know we're, we should be talking Bears here, but we got plenty of time to get back over to the Bears stuff. Um and we're in December. Uh, start time to start looking ahead uh, a little bit here. And this Detroit team, I find intriguing. So, and hey, they're on the schedule in a couple of weeks. So they uh, are. That, we'll that, be talking about them soon. More. <laughs> and, and one more thing here. Want to get a spot? A shout out to us, our sponsor, Marengo Guns. Always buying, always paying top dollar for your guns, ammo, and military items. Come see the expert at Marengo Gun. Open nine a.m. to seven p.m. seven days a week. And you know. I was so excited to get into it and, and talk bears and, and talk hub that I didn't even give the proper intro. Um, you know, of course you can find all of our bears content at shawlocal.com. 
And if you want more Hub stuff, you're going to get it later this afternoon. Hub actually filed a column, his own personal uh, take and and thoughts on what the last four months have been. If you go to shawlocal.com this afternoon, that'll be dropping there. Um, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Bears underscore insider, at Kyle Neighbors, at Sean underscore Hammond. If you're watching on YouTube, do us a favor, hit the thumbs up, subscribe to the channel, helps us grow the channel, it helps people find the show it really does make a difference for us, guys. So we appreciate everyone that tunes in every week. And, of course, we love all the comments. It helps us guide the show. It's a lot easier to know what you guys want to talk about and for us to guide this show when you guys are being uh, active. So, uh, again, it's awesome. Uh, appreciate everyone who's joined us throughout the season. Now, let's uh, Sean, let's dive into this because I, despite the fact that the Bears are 3-10 and 10 and coming out of their bye week, usually the December when a team is 3-10 and 10, – is really a grind like you're just kind of like all right let's let's get to the offseason and look ahead but there still is plenty to look forward to with this team kyle i don't think i've ever been this excited to watch a three and ten team play a 12 and one team you know <laughs> yeah it's like this this is a matchup that you should be that you you know you should be turning off and tuning in to somebody else but it's like i want to see what justin fields can do against a really really good defense and and yeah there's there's a lot to be excited for in this game uh even though the bears have nothing to play for yeah um it's 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 nice to have um at least that still excited feeling to watch uh the bears going into the last four weeks of the season, despite being three and 10. Um, now let's, let's go ahead and dive in. Gary, your question, uh, who's playing wide receiver this week with no clay pool is Velas going to actually look like, a, like a real wide receiver. Um, well, let's start with a clay pool update. Um, he obviously, if you guys remember going back to the green Bay game, had that play where got his leg caught under him and, I thought at the time that his season was over and I was already immediately concerned that this was going to be something that he was going to miss a significant amount of time next year too. It looked really bad um, on replay and his initial reaction to it. Now he ended up coming back into that game. Um, so when the bears returned from their bye this week and he popped up these last two days as not practicing Sean, I was a bit surprised by that. Yeah, it was a little surprising, uh, but you know, a lot of times those guys have that that game day adrenaline, or uh, you know, you might suffer an injury during the game and and think it's fine, and then wake up Monday morning and it feels totally different. Um, but yeah, so so he has not practiced at all this week. Chase Claypool, um, we'll see if he goes at all on Friday, but. Uh, I think it's trending towards he he may not be available, and, and then you know you don't have him, you don't have Darnell Mooney. And uh, yeah, the question is, who do you throw the football to? Um, you know, you're looking at EQ St. Brown, Byron Pringle, Dante Pettis, Nikhil Harry, Valus Jones. Uh, you know, I mean, does is there a number one guy there? Uh, you know, not really. No, uh, I mean, know, uh, so um, I think I'm, you're just gonna have to spread it out to whoever's open. You know, I, I don't think there's there. You're not necessarily gonna be a, a, a planning you know like like to get your darnell mooney five to eight touches or whatever for any one of those guys yeah uh there's a couple things i guess i want to hit on here one is uh, my first thought is i think we probably see a, a significantly expanded role for Nikhil harry if if uh chase claypool is out um 
I, I, I would agree with that, definitely. Yeah, I mean, you start looking around, uh, no offense to EQ and Dante Pettis, but you have a pretty large sample size of what they are as wide receivers right now. And like, those guys are going to be on the field. Like, they have to be out of necessity. But, like, you did trade for Nikhil Harry. He's a former first-round pick. You saw that jump ball against Green Bay and just that raw ability there. I think you're going to see a a significant increase in um, a significant increase in, in Harry's production or at least targets this week. I, I think he's going to be much more involved in the game plan. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, Nikhil Harry is is definitely a guy I would circle as somebody who's who's going to step up and, and be more involved and. Uh, you know, I would throw Byron Pringle in that too. You know, he's, he's had a couple of moments. He got a touchdown against the jets, but, um, yeah, it'd be nice to see him make a couple of catches in a game and, and, uh, have an impact, uh, on more than just, uh, you know, a play here or there, you know, and when we go back to the off season signing or signing that I, I, I was not excited about any of these guys. Um, but Pringle was the one that intrigued me the most. I thought he had the most upside of the group, um, Injuries have kind of derailed that, and and I think maybe I I I don't want to say overestimated because I I didn't have high expectations, but I did think there was a higher chance that he could maybe have a, a mini breakout um, and kind of solidify himself as a, an established you know NFL third or fourth receiver, something like that. So I, I think there's a chance that he could be that guy too, as you were saying. Uh, we had questions uh, in the chat here, uh, Gary, following up with, and which uh, wide receiver gets called up from the practice squad? Um, what do you think? Yeah, so so looking at the practice squad, they have uh, Doris Fountain and they have uh, Simba Webster. Are there only two receivers down there? Um, yeah, somebody mentioned Isaiah Coulter. He is no longer with the team. Let's um, let's let's not mention uh, I, I, Isaiah. <laughs> uh, 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 I would say Simba Webster is probably only going to be the guy if they need someone on special teams. So I feel like they would probably go to Aris Fountain, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of, it's unfortunate. Isaiah Coulter got away. I liked the kid. Um, I like him so much. Um, I, I, I groaned at that because I was desperate in my season long fantasy league, uh, uh, for a wide receiver body last week. And I picked him up off of the waivers cause he, uh, he got, both Brandon Cooks and uh, Nico Collins were out with the Houston Texans. So I thought, ah, Isaiah Coulter, I like that kid. He runs fast. He'll do, you know, he'll get that role. Um, didn't didn't come to fruition. I know no one cares about my fantasy team, but um, <laughs> that's why I groaned. And I, I do like the kid. Um, I, I still think there's potential there. So uh, considering where the Bears are at in their wide receiver core, I wish he was still on the practice squad because it would have been an intriguing find. I think part of the reason he wasn't involved in Houston this past week is because of the quarterback issues they're having down there. I think if he had a chance with a guy like Justin Fields, um, he might have had, might have a, a better chance of succeeding. Yeah, I mean, he he made some nice catches in his chances, you know, in the preseason and, and during training camp, certainly. Um, but yeah, I mean... I guess one of those two guys, I wouldn't necessarily expect them to be super involved in the offense, though, if you're looking at uh, Doris Fountain or or Simba Webster. Um, you know, that's that's definitely going to be your your, you know, your last guy off the bench. Yeah, uh, we're going to get up to uh, Mark. I know you have a question about free agency. We will get to that, Rick. Um, some stuff uh, I do want to talk about draft position and we'll get into that. I think maybe mm -hmm. we'll, we'll, let's hit that at the end guys. Yeah. Cause there's, there's a lot to talk about there. Um, 
with what's going on in Arizona and, and Houston almost winning that game. There's a lot I want to get to. We'll save that for the end and stick to Bears Eagles just for now. Um, Rick, uh, with the question, do you think more design runs for Justin Fields due to the Eagles pass rush on? Uh, potentially, you know, I, I do think that they may, uh, you know, try to keep it on the ground against these guys, whether that's more design runs, whether that's, uh, you know, more David Montgomery, um, because, you know, you, you can run against this Eagles defense. Uh, they're, they're certainly statistically anyway, they're much better against the pass than they are against the run. Uh, and that might be the case early on, but obviously those things change once you get down by a touchdown or two or, or whatever. Uh, then the game plan has to shift. But I think early in this game, there's going to be a, a big focus on, on running the football. And, um, you know, we we talked to Justin yesterday, but, uh, you know, there was so much focus on he was sick this week and and there was talk of he's getting close to a thousand yards. I, I don't think, uh, you know, I think we kind of dropped the ball and forgot to ask him about his shoulder, but. Uh, I, you know, obviously he played in that green Bay game. So I think that's fine. I don't think that's going to be an issue. He ran uh, the ball, ran the he ball. Ran the ball re- yeah. He ran yeah. the ball really well in that game. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I certainly expect to see him continue to, to run the football as he has. It's kind of, you know, you talk about dropping the ball, but I think that's just part of that's a bye week but part yeah. of it is just because of how good he looked in See, that Packers yeah. game. Because I, it, was, I, it wasn't an issue. Yeah, everyone went into that game wondering if he was going to be limited, if he was going to take a shot at some point, and that was going to be an end of it, and they had to pull him out because, you know, he aggravated it. And that wasn't the case. Um, you know, he looked really good, so it, it certainly doesn't feel like that's going to be an issue where they're going to be worrying about calling design runs. Uh, they definitely have to find a way to neutralize this, this Philly pass rush. Um, my thing is, I think Philly is smart enough that they understand that. I also think the Philly run defense is actually a bit underrated. Uh, I think it's improved quite a bit over the course of the season. I think the Bears are going to struggle to run the ball in a traditional sense. Um, I think it's going to come down to Justin Fields using his legs quite a bit if the Bears have success. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of zone read here. I The Bears need to find ways to keep those linebackers and those pass rushers from getting upfield. They need to be able to find a way to freeze those guys, even for a split second, to give Justin Fields a bit more time. So however they feel, whatever that looks like in the Bears' playbook to accomplish that, that's the way they're going to go, I think. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally with you. And, and you know, it, the more you can get those, yeah, those you get those RPOs and stuff, that's, that's the best way to, to stop, to neutralize some of those, um, you know, those really good guys on the edge, uh, you know, with with whether you're dealing with them in the past past game or the run game. I mean, um, it, it will be they we did learn this week that, that Khalil Herbert's getting close to returning too. that's another guy. He's not going to be back for this game. But, uh, you know, you talk about trying to run the, the ball with, with David Montgomery. Uh, hopefully they can get him back soon because, you know, since since Herbert went out, there hasn't really been a number two option uh, at that running back spot. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I certainly think the bears are going to, you know, they're going to have to get a little bit creative here to, to beat this really good, this really good Eagles defense. Have we heard any updates about Khalil Herbert where he's at in his, uh, his, uh, rehab? No. And, you know, I'm trying to think now, I, I don't think I've seen him this week. Um, but I, I, my understanding was, uh, I believe based on what, what Eberflus said that, that they're potentially targeting next week uh, as his return. Um, uh, I know it was a hip injury, uh, but no, I, I haven't really seen him uh, or, or heard a whole lot about where he's at in his, uh, in his recovery. Uh, yeah. I'd like 
it'd be great to see him back over the last few weeks, not just because he was really coming on himself this season and carving out a role, but with the way the Bears offense has progressed uh, in his absence or since he uh, he went out, I'd like to see what it looks like with him back in the fold. Yeah, you, you definitely would uh, because they had a really nice uh, one-two punch uh, with those two guys. And, and like I said, there really hasn't been a, uh, uh, there really hasn't been a, uh, a a guy who stepped up, uh, you know, as that second guy ever since since Herbert went down. Yeah, Rick, uh, Rick, uh, Peggy got this from uh, like a, a Rotowire update, but from the sound of Herbert, who landed on IR with a hip injury after week ten, is eligible to return next week against the Bills. Yeah, the uh, the bye week Christmas. the bye week doesn't count as a as a week, so it, it is four games, not four weeks. So yeah, he he uh, isn't won't be back until next week at the earliest. Uh, well, obviously we'll talk Buffalo uh, next week, but the Bills play on Saturday night. Uh, I was looking this morning. I didn't realize it. They have another um, uh, lake effect snow warning shot. I don't know if you've seen that. I was just starting to hear that yesterday. Yeah, they're expecting one to two feet of snow, and most of that's coming on Saturday, including during the game. Um, and it's against Miami. Uh, so that's going to be a fun watch. Yeah, man. What? Uh, that's that's not good for uh, for for Stefan Diggs and my fantasy team. I'd say, yeah. If you have a, if you're relying on in the uh, playoffs too. Oh, yeah, man. it's it's not a great time for a, a blizzard uh, for for fantasy purposes. But uh, there are few things when it comes to football I enjoy watching more than a good snow game. Yeah, no, that's that's always fun and exciting to to get those opportunities. And and you were so bummed when we didn't get that uh, a couple of weeks ago when when they moved that game out of Buffalo. And and so maybe we'll we'll finally get one here. Uh, going back, up, Mike Johnson. Mike, thanks for the question and joining once again. Uh, are any of the rookies hitting the wall, Sean? What do you think? I got to think about that one for a second. Um, it's hard to say. I mean, I think on some level most rookies hit a wall um they just maybe won't necessarily tell you that or say that or uh it might be in subtle ways um i'm sure like a guy like braxton jones who's in there in the trenches every week is feeling it at this time of the year uh you know with the bumps and bruises or, or whatnot um i don't know if i could really pinpoint one guy uh somebody i think it looked like somebody in the chat mentioned dominique robinson uh you know i think that was more of just a case of like he really had a, a good game or two early on and, and, you know, has kind of disappeared since then. Um, it, it, if you want to say he hit a wall, sure, I guess, but I don't know if like, well, what I think happens, what I think happens more than hitting a wall per se, particularly uh, from a physical standpoint, I th- that does happen a little bit. I mean, these guys are playing a longer season than they ever have in their lives. So there is a bit of a physical aspect to it. But what I think you see more often and, and was the case with Dom Robinson, and I'm going to use a baseball kind of analogy here. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone who is a baseball fan will get this. We talk about young hitters like having success right away when they get called up. But like they talk about yeah. like the biggest thing is when the league adjusts to them, can they make the adjustment mm-hmm. back? And that happened at the NFL on a more subtle level. level. You saw that with Dom Robinson in particular where – He's a project that doesn't have a large repertoire of, of really moves, pass rush moves in his arsenal. And the NFL pretty quickly when they got him on film were, was able to adjust. And I, he's talked about that. 
mm-hmm. a, about trying to find new ways to get to the quarterback and, and being frustrated. Um, so I think that tends to be the case more than anything because I think it's 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 more difficult in the NFL than most sports to make those large scale in season adjustments, you know, like learning a new technique and and getting it to the point where you can then beat an NFL left tackle, for instance, it takes a lot of time. Yeah. To develop those skills. And especially when you're talking about like a pass rusher and and a young pass rusher who is relatively new at the position. uh, You're exactly right, Kyle. Like it takes time to learn those moves. And, And in season, you're so focused on the next game plan. Uh, I know these guys are always working on, on, you know, gaining new skills and, and, and subtle tweaks to stuff. But at the same time, they're trying to figure out how to, how to beat the the very next team on the schedule. And, and I think that's more than anything, you know, what I feel like when you start talking about hitting a wall, I think, I think, you know, a lot of the NFL hits a wall in December and, and that's not just the rookies. That's everyone. I mean, it's a long season and, and it can get a little bit monotonous and, and certainly, uh, you know, it's it's much more apparent when you're a rookie and you haven't played a season this long. Um, but but yeah, I mean, uh, a, a guy like Dominique Robinson, you know, I think it, an off season will be really really beneficial to him. Yeah, so I mean, I, I, I I'm trying to think, and it, it's hard to do right now, just off the top of my head, because the Bears have so many rookies on the roster, and so many of them have gotten into games, and I I, I feel like I'm probably forgetting someone already. Um, I, Dom Robinson, I, I guess what I'd say is I don't really think anyone hit a wall per se. Um, it was either that, like Kyler, Kyler Gordon has had his moments of looking like the upside, the potential that we know, I, I think most of us feel mm-hmm. is there. We've seen it, but we've also seen him struggle, but I don't think that was because he hit a wall. I think that's been kind of throughout the season. Bayless Jones never really got off the ground, so I can't say he hit a wall, um, Alan, uh, Alan Dunlap with a question here. What if Valus Jones is more uh, like Cordero Patterson than Tyreek Hill? Bears will need to make adjustments, but may not be all bad. I think we talked about that after the Packers game, maybe, Sean, about the need, or maybe it was going into the Packers game. Um, I, I know we, we've we talked about the comp to Cordero Patterson mm-hmm. before. Um, and, and, yeah, I mean, that is where I think that it's eventually going to trend, a trend with Valus Jones is, they got to get the ball to him, you know, as quickly as possible. Yeah. And and I think he did take a handoff in that Packers game. If I recall, it might've been the game before. I think it was a Packers game where they lined him up in the backfield and, and handed it off or pitched it or whatever to him. Um, yeah. I mean, get the ball into guys' hands as, as quickly as you can. When you, when you have a, a weapon and, and you're struggling to, to utilize him, right. You know, the, the easiest way to get him the ball is, is to do it right after the snap. Um, and, and so, you know, we were talking about the receiver position earlier and, and somebody asked us about Valus and, and I do think, you know, you look at his, his snap share in that last game uh, you know, that was, tre- he's trending towards, you know, the highest snap percentage that he's had all season. Uh, and, and so if, if Chase Claypool is out, I, I only think that's going to continue. I mean, he's not necessarily going to be uh, the question was something like, you know, is he going to look like an actual receiver? I don't know. I don't know for sure about that, but I do think he's going to be more involved and he's going to continue to, to be more involved, especially with Claypool out. Uh, and yeah, I mean, just they got to keep getting him the football. Uh, he's had some good moments and, and you know, he's looked really good on, on kick return uh, the last couple of games. And uh, 
I can't remember if I wrote this in a story or, or was saying this somewhere else. You look at the numbers. He, he doesn't have enough kick returns to to qualify for for the league leaders, but he would be right right up there uh, in terms of like the average yardage on his kick returns if if he uh, gets a few more in there and can uh, can qualify for that leaderboard. He has looked better uh, on special teams. I'm sitting here thinking to my uh, trying to work through this in my head mm-hmm. because. Uh, ways to get Valus Jones the ball, and you know, I think one of the first thoughts I have is a wide receiver screen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I'm thinking about the Bears needing to to neutralize that that pass rush from the Eagles, and you got guys like Equinemius St. Brown and uh, and and Dante Pettis, guys that can block on the edge. That seems like a scenario where Valus you know, you get the ball out quickly to him. My thing there is like the Eagles defense is so good. I worry about that play getting blown up quickly. Um, but I think that's one option. I think you, you get them involved with some, you know, some motion, one of those little shovel passes you see where he's coming across and it's just a little flip inside from Justin Fields. I think that's the type of stuff you're probably going to see much more over the, the last four weeks of the season, trying to get Bayless Jones more involved. And I think you're going to see it quite a bit actually uh now that i think about it this weekend against the eagles it, it just with their pass rush they they need that like the bears need that to try and neutralize that yeah you know we we've seen valus do these these sweeps and and things like that that you're talking about and you know it it just feels like at some point you know he's going to have a big playoff one of those you know that's that's why they keep going back to that well because they know that that's that's uh, uh you know those plays you build off. We, we talked about this last last time we were on here. You know, you build off those plays, and, and you might change. You know, you do one thing differently the second time, and, and we saw what what Christian Watson did on, on that sweet play against the Bears a couple of weeks ago. Uh, yeah, they're just going to keep going back to that because uh, uh, you know he's really fast, and you just got to give him the ball, and and uh, uh, at some point he's going to make a big play. Uh, Rick Rick's coming up here with a uh, our screen game is weak has has been since forever it has been pretty weak since man forever I, I uh I I can't really dispute that um, this transcends coaching staffs and GM it really does feel like the, yeah it, it really does feel like the Bears struggle with the screen game no matter who the coach quarterback or wide receivers are um, I don't quite understand it, but I, I, I get why, Rick, you have that feeling. Um, even despite that, I think like you're going to see that that play. I would, I guess, I would be surprised if we didn't see a wide receiver screen in the first half. It might not be to Bayless Jones, but um, I think that they're going to have to try that against the Eagles. Um, it may get blown up because, like you said, the Bears' screen game has been pretty weak, but I think it's got to be in the repertoire. Um, I want to start pivoting over, guys, though. I um, want to hit on – I know we had a question in here about Roquan Smith. want to talk about draft position and anything else we want to finish up on here. If you have any other questions, though, throw them in the chat about Bears-Eagles. Um, Sean, anything we haven't hit on that you've been looking at in this game? No, I, you know, just talking about the screen game there just, you know, sparked in the, in the back of my mind too. You know, we spend so much time talking about their, their, the Eagles defensive front, but you know, when you talk about blowing up screens, like those DBs are really, really good too. You know, they got, they got uh, talent all over the place on that defense. Uh, so uh, it's going to, it's going to be a really tough one on those bears wide receivers. So triple, triple R up here. Had, triple R. Uh, triple R, uh, renewable, rechargeable, uh, and rechargeable review. Uh, 
uh, any locker room talk on Rose still being uh, butt hurt by polls. It's a podcast. I can say that, right? <laughs> um, see if I get a uh, get a call from a anyone watching this uh, in the company. Uh, I don't think I can, I think I can get away with butt hurt. Um, I were you surprised by like I understand that he was asked the question. Um, I was surprised he didn't just defer to you know, it's in the past, I'm looking ahead to the future and focused on what I can do to help the Ravens and my contract this offseason. Because that was, his, you know, th- that was Roquan's uh, canned answer about anything in the past. Uh, and and about, you know, anytime we asked him about the contract situation when he was still here, you know, after after he returned to, to the practice field and stuff, he was like, I'm not focused on that. That's in the past, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so yeah, I, I was a little surprised, but uh, obviously this is a sore subject for him and, and it, he wanted to get something off his chest. Uh, you know what? If, if Ryan Poles told him that he was going to be a part of the defense and, and he was going to build around him, you know what? I, I, I believe that that's probably what Ryan Poles felt when he took the job, but obviously circumstances change. Uh, you know, your, your negotiations with a player, with a player without a, an agent, uh, those things have an impact on that. And at a certain point, you got to make that decision. Are we going to keep going through these? Are we going to, you know, hitting our head against the wall on these negotiations or are we going to move on and, and get what we can for this player? And and so I don't, I don't, sure. I don't think you should be mad that, that he said that and then changed his mind. I don't, I agree with you. Uh, it, it was a complicated thing to begin with. Um, because of the fact that he was his own agent. Um, now, the thing that w- we have to be careful about when we're talking about this is he clearly is upset by the contract Ryan Poles offered him before the season started. We have no idea what those numbers are. Like, mm-hmm. it, it could be that it was insulting. It could be that Roquan had completely unrealistic expectation for how he was going to get paid. And the other thing with it, that we can say is once the season started and with I'm guessing, you know, whether Roquan is overstating or misunderstanding something that happened in those negotiations, um, no matter what in the, that circumstance, once the season started, he didn't perform to a level that warranted him being paid or paid as the top off ball linebacker. And maybe he didn't want to be the top guy, but from the sounds of it, he wanted to be near the top, if not at the top. Um, so when you combine that, like it's, it's just like, man, just take the high road there, you know? Yeah. That, that would have been the, the easy thing to do. And obviously he didn't. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, you know, ball doesn't lie, right? Like uh, you're not getting the turnovers. You're, he had a couple of sacks, sure, but like Matt Eberflus wants somebody who can create turnovers in that spot, and and Roquan Smith just hasn't really done a whole lot of that the last couple of years. Yeah, uh, I guess I don't have much else really to say on it. <laughs> I, I it's, um, wanted to answer the question, and I was surprised he said it, but like I, it's kind of the point where it's. I don't know. I guess let's just move on. I hopefully that story kind of goes away and until the off season, like I said, I, yeah. I don't know until Ryan Poles is asked about it and we're probably not going to have a conversation with Ryan 
until uh, the postseason kind of breakdown um, because we didn't during the bye week or coming out of the bye week, which would have been the only other time I think that would have happened. So until then, I I, I don't really think that we're going to know much more um, unless unless we get kind of one of those national leaks behind the scene. But if it hadn't happened yet, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily think we're going to learn a whole lot more about that situation. Um, that's one so of those. That's one of those. Like five years from now, I'm going to be talking to somebody, and they're going to know what actually happened, and I'm going to get it yeah. out of them. Um, and I'm going to be like, "Oh, like, but oh, that's what happened." Yeah, uh, now I get it. But um, for now, everyone's going to be tight-lipped. Um, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens with uh, his uh, his contract negotiations with Baltimore now, because uh, now they now they have to deal with that, and they're also dealing with uh, uh, you know the same situation at the quarterback spot. Yeah. Um, Gonna be an interesting off season up there. <laughs> it, it certainly is. Uh, want to? Uh, uh, I, I'm sorry, I can't find the question. Um, I think it was Mark that had asked it earlier. Uh, our opinion on Elton or Elton Jenkins up in Green Bay um, about a possibility and his versatility. Uh, I haven't honestly looked at the metrics close enough, Mark, to to give you an idea. Of you know, like I can, the eye test, I like him. Um, I kind of want to look more at the analysis and, and see what the long-term potential is for him. I see what the trends kind of look like. Um, if you could uh, kind of bring that up again next week, I'll try and remember to uh, to look at it. you have any initial thoughts on it though? Uh, no, I mean, yeah. Any Look, the Bears want versatile guys. Um, I do think the focus is going to be on getting a tackle. Uh, because I think you can feel good about Cody Whitehair and, and uh, Tevin Jenkins at those guard spots. But, um, you know, uh, you're, you're talking about a guy who, who Luke Getze has a lot of familiarity with from, from his, his years in Green Bay. And, and you know what? They, they had one year together at Mississippi State, too, when, when Luke Getze was the coordinator down there. So uh, I don't know. Maybe he brings another friend along with him from Green Bay. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's certainly uh, a possibility. Um, there was something else I wanted to get to here. And now I just, I was looking at the chat. I hate when I do that. I start looking at the chat and, and forget where I wanted to go with the next thing. Um, I'm going to go ahead and just pivot over here. Rick, Rick had a question about Alan Williams um, or, or a comment. Uh, well, he had first asked about any chance of a, a, of a new defensive coordinator. And then said he's not sold on Alan Williams. Uh, I mean, that I don't, that, that's I don't not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I understand, Rick. The defense has been really bad. Um, there's been zero pass rush, but it's kind of what you expected with the the type of talent that they have on the field currently. I think everyone understands that that Alan Williams has been trying to trying to figure this out with with not a lot of of really valuable pieces on that defense, especially the second half of the year after they traded Roquan Smith and, and Robert Quinn. Um, you know, I, I think I really enjoy listening to Alan Williams talk. I think he's a coach who a lot of guys respect. And, uh, you know, you can you can question some of the, the decisions he's made on the field. But I think uh, he's realized at times that that he needs to blitz to, to create some pressure and, and change things up from maybe what what he would ideally want to do. Um, I think they just they just need more talent on that defense. And, and I'm willing to, to wait and, and see what Alan Williams can do with a, with a more talented group. Yeah, Rick, I mean. I'd say there's um, 
a zero percent chance pretty much that outside of like Alan Williams being a surprise candidate to get a head coaching job, which isn't going to happen. Um, like he's not, yeah, that would be the only way I would yeah, think. Like I don't he, think they're going to just fire him. Yeah. Or, or change. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, that's not happening. If he struggles, they're going to invest a significant amount this off season. I, at least I expect so on the defense. Um, and if that's the case, and even after that, I don't expect like next year that they're going to be an elite unit, but I think you're going to see more pronounced progression midway through the season. If the defense is still struggling next year, I think you can have some real concern, but for now, I wouldn't think too much of it. And so I, uh, I, as uh, I was talking there, I, I remembered what I wanted to say before, Sean, because uh, you had mentioned the guards and, and feeling pretty good on the interior. I wanted to throw it out there for the chat. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Sam Mustafer has been a, a bit of a whipping boy for Bears fans. And, you know, I know we in particular have kind of felt like that was too much. Hub uh, was definitely beating that drum. Um and he struggled honestly at the beginning of the year. Like the 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 change to the new system was more pronounced for Sam Mustafer, and he did struggle. And uh, the the criticism became much more warranted. But he's really kind of under the radar, settled in since taking back over at the center position. I want to see what the chat thinks. Uh, do you guys feel like Sam Mustafer has has been better? Um, and and do you feel confident? If they decide that, hey, that worked, um, let's go ahead and keep those three guys on the interior and focus on the tackles. I want to see what you guys think of Sam Mustafer. Yeah, I think the last month he has played, uh, uh, you know, better than certainly better than he was playing early in the season. And and yeah, he's not like having those those really obvious mistakes, which unfortunately is a lot of times when when you're watching the O-line, that's that's where you see that's where you, you know, kind of form your opinions when you're watching on TV. Um, I, I do think that, you know, I, I, I still don't know if he's really a long-term answer. Um, but as far as like a, that, he's the perfect backup uh, and, and the guy that you want who can play any of those center, any of those interior possession positions, center, right guard, left guard. Um, I, I think he's going to be around certainly. And, and I think, you know, it's been really impressive the way that he has, has, you know, the way that he handled getting benched, which really only wound up being for like a quarter because of the injury to Lucas Patrick. But yeah, it's funny how that stuff works sometimes. Like, you know, he, he spent the whole week feeling down, like, or, you know, pissed off that he was benched, whatever. And then all of a sudden he's back in the game at center uh, within a couple of snaps and and still holding on to that job. Mike B uh, now jumping in with uh, Sam Mustafer is clearly benefiting from always having Jenkins next to him. Yeah, I mean, Jenkins and, and, and Whitehair, you know, and that could very well be true. But, like, if those guys are there, and, and the reason I ask that, um, and, and, and seeing uh, Mike here, I, I see a lot of people talking about um, is Musty too small and, and, and people talking about him as a backup. If the Bears went out and signed or drafted a center and made them the starter and, and Sam Mustafer the backup, I would have absolutely no problem with that. But what uh, the reason I asked the question, and I guess the way I'm leaning right now is, as might be kind of pointed out, with them solidifying those guard positions and then elevating Mustafa's play back to where I'd call it adequate, average, you know, kind of where he was before. Um, when we talk about the amount of other needs this team has, I'm not saying that 
precludes them from taking a center because or, or, or picking up a center because that is a position that isn't going to cost you a ton in free agency. Those guys don't get a huge amount of money, but you did already take one stab at it in Lucas Patrick. Um, I just think that there's probably better uses of resources if you can get to if it continues to trend where he is playing at a league average level. Yeah, and you know what? If you have a guy like Tevin Jenkins and you have a guy like Cody Whitehair next to him, that uh, you know, you can say that he's only playing well because those guys are next to him, but you know, maybe that's a group that together can work well and and knows the offense well. And and uh, you know, if you have those guys next to him, he's not gonna be such a liability as, as when you when you when you know Cody Whitehair was injured and, and you had other things going on at that left guard spot. Uh, but but I do think that they are gonna whether it's bringing back Lucas Patrick for another year. Um, I think he has another year on his contract, uh, but you know, they could easily get out of that if they don't want to do that or whether it's just bringing somebody else in entirely. Uh, you know, I, I do agree that that's going to be a, a focus on one of the focuses on the off season. I don't think it's, it's priority number one, but, but it's certainly a priority. And um, yeah, somebody just mentioned uh, Kramer who they drafted that, you know, I would have said that, that Sam Mustafer was a little bit small for that center spot. And then they drafted, they, they went and uh, you know, drafted Doug Kramer out of Illinois, who was even smaller. So I, you know, I don't know what exactly their vision is for that position. Uh, but, but maybe, maybe they're okay with, with that size at that spot. All right. Well, we're here at an hour, so we do got to get wrapped up guys. Um, want to, I think a good place to end it though, is where really we should be looking ahead for the bears outside of Justin Fields, obviously, and the development of the young players is everyone. Of course, I think these, this last month is going to be looking at tankathon.com and, and where the bears stand. They are currently sitting at number three overall in the draft. There was a, the talk earlier about Arizona and Denver playing this weekend. It's a really interesting game. Um, because for when we talk about it's not really all that interesting from a from an actual football standpoint but it's an interesting no, it's game disgusting yeah <laughs> but it's interest it's an interesting game when you look at it from the 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 aspect that uh Arizona was already really struggling and it's now without Kyler Gordon um so Kyler Murray uh, yeah, Kyle, 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 yeah, Kyler Murray. I was you. deathly afraid when they drafted Kyler Gordon that that I would be writing Kyler Murray uh in all my stories accidentally yeah, um, so I, I'm not sure how that game is going to play out now. Um, you would think immediately, well, that just means Denver is going to win the game, but well, is is uh, is Russ still in well, concussion protocol? Yeah, he's still in concussion protocol, and despite the fact that uh, he played or the Denver offense played a little bit better last week, I don't think that's a trend that can sustain itself. Um, they're really bad, <laughs> so I, I I don't know how that game's going to play out. And the other thing I wanted to hit on here was uh, it's a pretty long shot at this point. It would have been much more interesting, though, if Houston had pulled off that win against Dallas on Sunday. Sean, again, I don't know how closely you were paying any attention on Sunday, but Houston was right in that game. Uh, I thought they were actually going to win it. And if they had, uh, that would have significantly altered the picture. Like, Still, they would have been the favorite to be the number one pick, um, but – it, it would have opened the door uh, much wider for the Bears, uh, Bear, uh, for the Bears to be one of the teams to at least have a chance to end up at number one. Yeah, in that conversation, and you know, Houston's got some winnable games uh, these last couple of weeks. They they played a 
they play the Chiefs this week, but then they finish out with the Titans, uh, the Jaguars, and the Colts. And certainly those last two games are, are very winnable. I know the Jaguars are playing better lately, but, uh, you know, this don't rule it out that they might pick up another win or two here or there uh, as we get down the stretch. And, and yeah, it just kind of comes down to whether the Bears can, can pick up a win against I don't think they're going to beat the Eagles or the Bills, but, you know, weird things happen in these NFC North division games. And, and when you're playing those division opponents for a second time, it wouldn't surprise me to see the Bears pick up wins, uh, a win or wins against Detroit and Minnesota. And, and, yeah, I see some people pointing out, you know, Minnesota might not have a whole lot to play for in week 18. Yeah, because um, they're probably not going to be – in contention from one of the top two spots. Well, only the one team gets to the bye now. And and the Eagles got a two-game lead at the moment. So somebody's yeah. going to have to beat the Eagles if, if the Vikings want any chance at that one seed. And I think the people are, are – the Vikings are a flawed team. I mean, a good team, but a flawed team. Um, and even if they had to play in Week 18, I don't think that's a game where the Bears couldn't win it. Like the Vikings would easily be the favorite. I probably put them as like a touchdown favorite. But that's also a game where I think the Bears could win that. Yeah, no, I certainly do. I mean, they they played right there with them uh, the first time they played them, and and they were in that game all the way up until the end. And uh, man, that feels like ages ago. The, the Smith Marset fumble, like that was a that was a whole different world. But uh, yeah, I mean, as far as they're going to have the division locked up, uh, you know, unless they're fighting for that one seed, they're not going to have a whole lot to play for in Week 18. And so yeah, you're looking at potentially a win there for the bears and, and that's going to hurt your draft spot uh, a, a little bit there. Um, yeah. And, and you know what, that going back to, we started with that weird, weird uh, Denver and, and Arizona game, no matter who's playing quarterbacks. Yeah. The bears, bears fans gonna, are going to want Seattle or uh, excuse me, not Seattle, the picks going to Seattle, but they're going to want Denver to win that game uh, because right now you're, you're tied with, with the Broncos and uh, they're looking at the better pick because of the strength of schedule. All right, Sean. Let's go ahead and get out of here. But before we do, let's give a let's give a pick for this game. What do you got? Oh man, I I I'm picking the Eagles. I I, I keep yeah. going back and forth on, on the score and, and what exactly I see happening here. Um, I think the I do think the Bears are going to find a way to keep this fairly close. I would say uh, Eagles by a touchdown, maybe like thirty-one twenty-four or something. I was going to say. 34-23 Eagles is what I'm taking. Okay. Um, I I just have a feeling that the Bears aren't going to be aggressive enough in the red zone. Um, I think they just probably – this defense is really – the Philly defense is it, it's obviously really quality and it's going to tighten up in that red zone. I think the Bears end up having to kick too many field goals uh, and they just can't get enough stops on, on defense. So I think that probably ends up being the difference in the game. Now, if they execute in the red zone, it's going to be a fun game, I think, on, on Sunday. Yeah, you know what? It you know if the Bears can can just put some points up, it's going to be a fun game no matter what. And, and if Justin Fields is doing his thing again, uh, uh, I, I'm really excited to see him play against against this defense because it's going to be a challenge. And uh, you know what? If he can if he can continue to elevate his game and, and play up to that, uh, it's going to be really exciting. All right. Well, thank you everyone who joined us this morning. It's been great catching up with everyone after a week off. It was of course awesome to be able to share an update on hub and, and to see that coming back. Um, everyone enjoy a good weekend of football though. I love this time of year. It's fancy football playoffs. There's that juice going, you get games on Saturday. We get a triple header on Saturday all day long. And then on Sunday, um, even a, 
a fun game last night uh, between San Francisco and Seattle. I love this time of year. Everyone enjoy the weekend. We will be back with you on Monday morning uh, to wrap up Bears versus Eagles. Until then, goodbye, and everyone have a good weekend. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas.